Well, welcome back. On this episode of the Park Hills Podcast, we're going to dive into distractions and talk a little bit about our prayer journey that we're doing as a church and some of the things that we're going to start our journey off with, which includes a distraction-free fast. So buckle up and listen to Pastor Mark and I talk about those types of things. If you need more information on that, uh, whether it's the prayer guide or the prayer journey, go to parkhillschurch.com. about you, Chris, but in my times of prayer, sometimes they venture off into times of other things, times of mental musings about random things. Hmm. Apparently, I have focus issues. Uh, <laughs> if we're anyway, bringing that about? up, if we're bringing that up, that's the, one of the great joys <laughs> of working with you for all the years that we've worked together. Where your comment just a second ago of, what are we talking about again? That's pretty much every discussion with you. It's great. Well, just a little secret. When Chris and I have conversations, I used to apologize for the fact that I jump subjects and jump subjects. And he says, finally, one day just said, stop apologizing. I get it. I follow you. I, I know that you'll circle back around to that about six subjects later. So anyway. Yeah, we're good. So, But I'm not the only one that's suffered with distractions, uh, Chris. I'm, I'm sure you have at least some point in your life. I think we all have distraction moments, right, things that, that pull us away from what we're trying to do. One of my greatest memories of distraction was uh, at our church in Milwaukee, we used to do a week-long study uh, week. So we were allowed to once a year pick an entire week and just go somewhere and just study. Now, I love studying, but I also love people. I'm like this weird mix between introvert and extrovert. So like I kind of – if I'm not with people, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. So I went to a, a remote place in Wisconsin all by myself. And for the first two days, I read eight books, three books of the Bible. I was praying nonstop, and I had written out kind of where I thought the student ministry needed to go for the year. And then we got to Tuesday. So I'm two day, I'm less than two days into this thing. And all I wanted to do was go tell someone. I, <laughs> I could not. So, so then the rest of my week was just spent agonizing over, do I break this study week and go break the rules and go talk to people about it? Do I text anyone about this? And I spent so much time then for the next two and a half days just struggling with the fact of I didn't know what I was supposed to do that I finally by Thursday morning, I just gave up, went home, told a few people, and that was it. Yeah, those isolation times can be really hard like that. Even think about the prophets, how some mm-hmm. of them are just, you know, hey, I'm going to go hang out here and be fed by a raven. I'm sure the talking to the raven probably got excessive. But <laughs> when we when we pray sometimes, staying on course, if you will, which yeah. sounds weird to use those terms with prayer, is difficult. And so here's what I find that sometimes the way that I stay on course is to follow a repetitive pattern almost that I've memorized. The downside of that then is it becomes sort of rote memory that Mm. I'm just repeating things and I'm not putting any heart and soul into it. So where I get distracted sometimes is I'll begin praying and I'm praying maybe about a subject for a person or whatever. Now all of a sudden I'm thinking about them and I've left the prayer behind and I'm way off in left field. So those distractions over the years uh, 
I've had to just do different things to keep myself on on course, uh, and I think that's important uh, to consider. I just even looking at at Hebrews twelve, I realize it's kind of a little bit out of context, but it but it means the same in some respects. You know, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance races before us. I, the, the every weight to me, the distractions can be a weight. You know, you think about even David going into battle with Goliath. I love to think about that. How Saul offering his armor and all that stuff, and David's going, "Man, this is not right. This is way too much for me. I got to focus on the battle. I got to fight like I know how to fight. I can't do it with this stuff on." Right. And I'm going to choose these five smooth stones, and these are going to be the things that I need to bring into this battle. And I think for me, uh, fighting distraction has been figuring out maybe what those smooth stones are, if you will. And I don't consider myself going into battle when I pray, but in some respects we are. We're, right. we're going approaching the Lord, and we're battling against our own self-will, our own desires, and trying to let God replace those with His desires— cleanse us, draw us toward his will. And so sometimes the distractions and the other things that are so pressing become sort of the central issue of prayer when that's maybe not the point of it. I've already pulled us off of our initial course here Mm, and what we're talking about here, but I think for me, different things over the years have helped me. Uh, Sometimes it's just a good list in front of me because what happens is when my mind ventures off the path, and I realize that I go back and go, oh, here I am on my list. Right. Now I need to move to praying for this individual, this ministry, whatever. Um, those things have, have helped me. Sometimes it's where I pray. In college, I've shared this in the past, but in college I found, in, in back in the woods, I found this old stump, and I used to just stand on that stump until I was done praying, and there was something about being confined to that space. I stepped too far in any direction. I was going to fall off the stump or whatever. <laughs> but it was also this moment of, okay, I'm stepping up here. It's sort of my prayer room. It's sort of, okay, wait wait a minute. I remember why I'm here. I'm praying or I'm right. I'm giving my praise to God. And I'm not coming off of here till I do. So if my mind ventures off, my I'm physically still there. Yeah, You know, I do that with just praying on the floor in my office too, just because... I'm on the floor face down, and that's that moment where I remember, okay, yeah, I'm here to pray because I'm looking at carpet or whatever. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So th- that's been some of my ways to avoid distraction. But some of that time for me where distraction comes in is is in the listening part of prayer. Mm-hmm. I think so often we just talk at God, and we think, okay, I'm going to just go. My prayer time is i got to talk at God, and we're even afraid of silence. I'm going to talk, you know, I, I you know, a bit more about that. But this whole idea of, you know, I'm going to listen now for God, um, but then our minds can tend to wander. And so we have to do, I have to do something that reminds me, no, I'm praying right. and I'm not going to think about these other peripheral issues that are insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Right. And to have a, a one-way conversation never works in real life. I don't know why we think it's going to work in yeah. our prayer life, you know? If I went home tonight and I just 
talked for four hours. First of all, that would be a rarity for me because uh, I talk a fair amount. But Unless not. you're preaching. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. And all of Park Hill says, amen, yeah, glory, yeah. hallelujah. But, if, no, but if I go home and preach for four hours or talk for four hours and I give no one else space to talk, then I haven't really had a conversation. I've right. just done my one-sided thing. So that's been one of the bigger things for me too is, is trying to think through what does it look like to listen to God? So not just talk at him or talk to him, but then to turn it around. And, and there's been a number of times in my life where I've realized my balance in prayer is going awry. Mm-hmm. And one of the distraction things for me is that I'm just dominating the time or monopolizing the time. And it, it'll be a, a prompt from the spirit or a prompt just within my own, you know, I just know, oh man, I'm, I'm way off here. And I'll start to practice. Let's do half talking and then half listening, you know, and I'm going to block this 15 minutes off. And if I have seven minutes of talking, then I'm going to give a full seven minutes of just stop and let God speak, let him do his thing. And I've never heard an audible voice. I've never heard a moment where, you know, God's never shown up right in front of me and be like, here's what we're talking about. It's just a listening to him. It's Mm -hmm. waiting for him to, to do things. And a lot of times what happens in those listening moments is, I'm confronted by issues that I've got, or I'm confronted by another thing, or I conviction. I'm prompted by to pray about something else, and instead of jumping and praying there, I'm, I'm even in that moment trusting the Spirit to lead my prayer. And to like in Romans yeah. eight, the idea that I'm not, I'm still praying and I'm still letting God do His thing, but I'm letting Him do whatever He wants to do in this moment. I'm not dominating the discussion, which really pulls us back to the passage you were just talking about. This idea, you know, we talked about distractions. One of the biggest distractions for me with prayer is often sin. And I'll start praying and something just doesn't feel right. And it, I, I just know that I'm off and I can't figure out why. And so then I'll stop and listen for a little bit and let God lead me to something. And, all, and all of a sudden it's a, yeah, it's a search me of God and know my heart. And I, I am in deep conviction of I've got to be cleansed from this. And it could be as simple as you're being arrogant about this or you're being prideful about this. Or, anxiety. Yeah, or it could be something I'm anxious about and I'm not surrendering to him. And all of these things kind of bubble up to the surface, and then I remember, oh, this is sin. I, I This is a sin in my heart and in my life that's tangling me. You know. Mm-hmm. And so when, when the writer of Hebrews says, run the race marked out for you without the sin that so easily entangles, yeah. that's even one of the ways that that applies, is that we, we, we step into our prayer closet or our place, whatever that is, our, our moment to meet with God. And if you're finding, like, I can't pray over this next 40 days— you're just really struggling. It might need to be that you just stop everything and listen mm-hmm. and let God convict you of sin. And as that gets convict, you know, as you get convicted, then you repent of it like Isaiah does in Isaiah 6 and a number of other people do throughout Scripture. And as you repent of it and you, you experience the, clen- the cleansing and the cleaning that you need, then all of a sudden prayer starts to take a different journey for you. And you start to realize, oh, this wasn't all about me, which, by the way, that's not really what prayer is about anyway, but sometimes yeah. we treat it like it is. I think sometimes, not sometimes, I think many times in my life, my during my prayer time, I just envision the Lord going, are you done yet? Are you done yet? <laughs> and you're telling me all these things I already know, mm-hmm. and you're just talking at me, and you're doing it in a big hurry, you're wedging it in, so you don't feel guilty that you didn't pray but you're really just talking at me. And uh, for me, some of my best prayer times have been in car rides by myself. Mm-hmm. And I actually, my radio or stereo is often off. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that it would be comical to 
uh, play a video of what that's like or an audio track of what different things roll through my mind because it is highly random and sometimes it's just the most silly things. But other times I just use that time for prayer and mm-hmm. and uh, I may pray about one particular need or one particular particular subject and I'll just stop and I'll just try to dwell there and I'll say, you know, Lord, what 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 of your word comes to my mind? What you know, do you have anything to say to me about this? And and then always, you know, you talk about not hearing an audible voice or whatever, but I feel like the Lord speaks to me just in words that are just clearly from him but not audible. And always taking those back against Scripture and goes, is that something out of my own mind or is that scriptural? And then you go back and, you know, go, wow, that's that seems like the Spirit's leading or... Mm-hmm. Or suddenly I'm drawn to a verse or a passage of scripture, or uh, even as the Lord brings people to my mind, I don't ever consider that random anymore. Right. I used to go, oh, okay, well, I haven't thought about that person in a long time, and now it's, Lord, why'd you bring them to my mind? Yep. And at a minimum, it's, I'm going to pray for him yep. right now, or I'm going to pray for her, pray for them, or even a memory of something that that from distant time, and go, okay. I don't know if that you brought that to my mind for a reason, but I'm going to pray for it right now. And uh, that's that's been good for me. Another thing, too, is just I'm a people watcher. I have been for years. I, I enjoy it. I, I studied a lot of sociology in college and just enjoyed the movements of people, why mm-hmm. they do things and such. And, and that's been a hobby of mine in sort of in its – that in itself is comedic in my mind because I often give words and also why you can't pray in public. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Give uh, all sorts of, uh, I fill in all the gaps in my mind with what people are saying or thinking. But what I've done too, is I've gone, if I'm going to observe somebody, I'm going to pray for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know their names and you know, it might be, God, I don't know what this this individual's issue are. I don't know what pains or or highs or they're going through in their life right now. But and I don't know if they know you, but I pray that they would would. And I pray that if there are those who know Christ, they could, could could introduce them. You know, let's talk for a second just about what distractions are. And I th- I'm hoping that anybody who's given this any prayer is going to just know right away what distraction they need to remove from mm-hmm. their life. And I think it's important to note that. We don't have to assume that these things are sinful or evil in and of themselves. What I think it comes down to is a little bit like going back to that whole illustration with David and his, his smooth stones instead of Saul's armor. If we're going to go into a season of aggressive prayer, a season, a new prayer journey, um, what think of it in terms of what luggage do you need for this trip? Mm-hmm. And we often overpack for trips. Our family does. I mean, we need, you know, we got a lot of people, but sometimes it's amazing to me how much luggage we take with us everywhere and end up using a third of it. And maybe a, a way to look at this too is what in my schedule, what takes my time, right. what takes my thought, and of this, what do I really need for this journey? Think about a survivalist going on a trip. They're, they're going to know they're going to need something, so they've got fresh water. They're going to need some kind of shelter. They're going to need food uh, or ways to get food. They're going to need fire. 
maybe we look at it this way a little bit more and go, it's not so much that these other things are bad, but they aren't needed now. Right. And they're just going to slow us down. So, for example, for me now, watching the various news sources, um, it can actually inspire prayer in me because I'm so overwhelmed by how crazy our world is and how divided it is. But at the same time, it also can make me obsess mentally with what's going on. And I think about how I would address it and all these sorts of things. And so for me, I know that's probably uh, likely going to be one of the things that I just take out. And I've kind of done that anyway, because I found myself almost angry a lot. I'm not an angry guy, but I I get so frustrated with some of the insanity um, that's going on around us. So maybe it's a way to look at that. So don't don't assume that we're only looking for evil or sinful stuff, but it's stuff that you don't need. Lighten your load, simplify your life, carve out more time and space to focus on the Lord, to pray, to journal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... I don't want to say it's a little lie because I don't want people to think that we're lying to them, but we're calling this the first 40 days, right? And it's a 40-day prayer journey that we're going through as a church. We're starting on Monday, the 28th. But you should be preparing beforehand. <laughs> you know, like we're calling it a 40-day prayer journey, but if you haven't walked into this with with no prayer setting yourself up, like our, our desire and part of the reason why we're doing even this podcast right now and why we're releasing it today is our hope is folks are praying about what distractions they have and letting the spirit prompt them as to what they need to remove. We're not telling you to remove yourself from all things for seven days. You know, I've had people pull me aside and go, what if work is my distraction? I'm like, okay, clearly (laughs) chill. Like I had, I had one parent, uh, one of our campuses say, what if my kids are my distraction? I'm like, clearly you can't not be a parent for, you know, for 40 days. That's not possible. But we do need like to... personal hygiene. We we want you to stay with that. <laughs> exactly. That kind of stuff. Yeah. If your biggest distractions are those things, you're probably doing fairly well. So we want you just to pray through. What are the things that are distracting me from my relationship with God? What's what's causing me to not hear His voice right now? And then we're asking you to to ask that question so the Spirit will prompt you to then take those seven days of just avoiding that thing. Yeah. And there's nothing special or magical about it, but we do believe that if God says m- numerous times in his word that if you just take these special vows or these moments where you're just going to take him seriously and say, you know what, God, I want you to meet me in this period of time, that he's going to do that. And so we're asking folks right now even to, to get started for that. So like as you said, you know, anybody who's taken a trip, they don't they don't just show up one day and be like, oh, we're going to drive to Washington State. You know, like you you spend months planning, you know, your map, you know, where you're going, you know, how much money it's going to take, you know, what kind of food you're going to bring along for the snacks, you know, maybe some rest stops that you might stop at along the way, or maybe you've mapped some of that out. For us to jump into a prayer journey here without even a knapsack in our, you know, uh, over our back, we'd be missing something. So the distraction-free fast is is really an idea of we want you just to practice seven days of whatever this is. And like you said, it could be the news, it could be social media, it could be your phone itself, it could be the internet itself, it could be just television itself, it could be, uh, you know, maybe you're too focused on this time with your kids or this time with your spouse and you just need to, you're both going to agree, I'm going to take a break from this for seven days and we're going to pray in that time instead of this, you know. Uh, Just start to think through what your rhythm of life is and if you settled into a rut or a bad habit, the 40 days of this journey is going to be a great chance for you to reset yep. and recharge and get ready to go. And our goal really isn't necessarily that we have a bunch more prayer warriors. I think that's a byproduct of what we're hoping for. 
I think what we're hoping for is people are revived by God, mm-hmm. that they are refreshed by Him. And part of that is removing distractions. Part of that is, is letting Him take those, those things that entangle us. And as we push those aside and we start running the race, we are going to be in, in, engaged and excited and, and overwhelmed by Him and, and enthusiastic so that at the end of this 40 days, either we're ready to pick up and start all over again and do another 40 days or another you know, 120 days or whatever. But the goal also is that at the end of that, we're going, all right, God, that was awesome. I'm, I'm connected with yeah. you. I know I'm with you. Let's I, go. I need this. Yeah. I, I think realistically too, Chris, um, it, it's, it's fair to say that this is going to be hard mm-hmm. uh, on multiple levels, not just to leave our distractions behind or maybe do the the 24-hour food fast or whatever whatever it is you you do but quite often uh, my deepest times in prayer in my life have been hard they've been revealing to me and sometimes it's that you know the answer to the search me oh god things where you go man yep uh, really you know that you know and but as tough as those are when we we obey and work our way through those, man, the the other side of that of that tunnel is is bright. You know? Yeah. So our walk with God is obviously, you know, in our opinion as pastors, the most important thing we can do is help you walk this path well. And so, really, that word pastor or shepherd doesn't mean that we have it all figured out. It doesn't mean that we have a halo over our head. If anything, part of our openness in this podcast is to show you we struggle with the same things you do. The difference is we are responsible for helping shepherd, and we're responsible for taking what Christ has done in our life and somehow passing that on. And so this journey we're excited about, but it's a chance for us to kind of maybe open up some of these things. So over the next few weeks, we're going to release a few more of these and just kind of interact even on what the prayer journey is doing in us and through us and for us uh, as we do this and as you do this with us. But this first one, really, we wanted to just kind of set it aside for you and help you think through, okay, distraction. Why are we taking a distraction-free fast? I think we've made a pretty good case as to why it's important in our prayer life to not be distracted. So take us up on this. You know, when we get close to the, closer to this in the next few days, when we're talking about this on Sunday and beyond, just prayerfully consider, God, what do you want me to remove? And if, if you're going to remove it from my life and you're going to guide me, uh, then I want my walk with you to be strong. I want it to be powerful. I want it to be something that feels significant. And I want to feel like I'm actually impacting my kids or my spouse or I'm impacting my coworkers or my friends at school or, you know, whatever whatever it is or whatever your sphere of influence, we want you to be focused. And we want you to be focused on things that are above, not things that are here. And the best way to do that is to remove ourselves from distractions and then also to take a prayer journey like this. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm.